Nobody asked. But here's a quick Bay Area sports update. And this is going to just be about the three major teams in terms of, you know, MOB, NBA, and NFL. I'm willing to cover these three because right now those are, I think, the most hot topics for me as a Bay Area sports fan. Uh, let's knock out the Giants. Um, and the reason uh, – let's just knock out the Giants. Um, just want to talk about uh, last time I mentioned the whole Korea fiasco and how I feel about uh, Zadie. And what's going on with the team. Glad the Mets are also showing that same hesitation about completing the deal with Korea. Um, (coughs) And yes, it does make you feel a little bit better as a Giants fan knowing that another team who is offering a major contract, especially with all the deals the Mets have gone through with to try to put them over the hump to get them to a world series and hopefully win one the fact that they're also like whoa we are seeing and bring up the same issue the giants are having about korea's leg makes you feel a little better at the end of it though it doesn't change the fact that if nothing happens with korea's leg in my opinion in the next five years then that might come back to hurt us Lest the Giants manage to figure out how to get ourselves back into the postseason next season, then I won't feel as bad about the whole Creo fiasco. Now, <coughs> some of the Giants' pickups in uh, following that, pretty solid. Um, but at the end of it, I want to keep looking at this is going to be a very different team than the last two years with some different different acquisitions and some losses that will definitely shape and we'll get a, another chance to see what Kapler is made of as a manager. Um, I want to err on the side of positivity, but, um, you know, it's a long season. I think this is going to be another Giants here of a lot of ups and downs. <laughs> I would like to be pleasantly surprised. At this point, based off what has happened, though, in this offseason, um, getting into the postseason is my biggest priority. And that would make, in my opinion, a successful year. And I don't think that's me shooting low. That's me trying to be realistically optimistic. Now, let's switch into another topic. Uh, the Warriors. I have been very critical of the Warriors because their road, uh, their road um, record – has sucked, um, has been frustrating to watch, but their home games have been the exact opposite. Some a little frustrating because there's some nail biters. Uh, an example, you know, double overtime win, but Clay drops over 50. <coughs> but, you know, they're doing what I think a lot of people wanted and expected from them was home stand dominance and they are they are doing that they are undefeated at home in this current home stand with Steph Curry still out with me being very critical of how terrible they are on the road and that you know they were under 500 and that you know hopefully they could manage to get a couple games over 500 and really start making a push for you know that eight seed slash you know some play in spots you know to just get into playoff contention and um you know they look like they can get there <coughs> jordan Poole 
is playing well. Unfortunately, my criticism of him is only plays well when he starts. And he's living up to that, but that's troubling. Um, Clay, you know, Clay did Clay things. Um, it has been doing Clay things. Um, it can still get a little streaky at times with the shot, but um, definitely better than where he was when he was in a huge negative slump and everyone was critical of him. <coughs> the role players are starting, and the uh, the the youngins are starting to get closer to where I think we need them to be. Um, and that's great. Kaminga's made some great strides. Uh, DiVincenzo um, isn't as frustrating to see on the court. Um, you're starting to see that impact on both sides, which is what we wanted, um, because he was signed in response to Gary Payton not being um, signed. So after the loss of Gary Payton, we need someone who could you know, still help on defense in the perimeter, and DiVincenzo's been kind of off. Um, but it's a little bit better now. It's a little bit more consistent. But more importantly, what Gary Payton lacked in shooting, DiVincenzo seems to start uh, seems to be finding that stroke a little bit better. Um, then you have oh boy, oh god, what's his name? I cannot think of his name right now. Hold on, I gotta look this up because um, I know who I'm trying to say, and his name is is uh, escaping me right now. Ty Jerome. I have been loving me since Ty Jerome. <coughs> now his game the other night against Atlanta wasn't amazing, but I I do like the spark he provides. Dude is earning his minutes. Um, Moses Moody hasn't been as amazing as I, I, I liked, but I still think... He's going to be a great contributor down the stretch. Um, I've been loving the Patrick Baldwin runs. Um, dude looks like he is hungry, um, and he knows that when his his number is called, he's got to go out there and do his job, and he's doing it. Uh, I really like him for the future. Uh, James Wiseman is an interesting one for me, and I say that in in a way where I'm, I, I wonder if we made the mistake drafting him only because I don't think the Warriors are designed to utilize him properly. <clears throat> when I think of Warriors bigs that have been really instrumental in the championship runs, um, you know, we're talking about bigs like – I'm talking about centers too because I, I want to treat Wiseman as a center, not as a you know like a power forward. I'm not looking at like Maurice Spates. I'm not looking at uh, Jermaine O'Neal. I'm not looking at those players who are really like a four, but might have slotted into five depending on the type of, um, you know, the type of um, play they were going for at the time. I'm thinking of, you know, like Andrew Bogut. I'm thinking of that kind of player at five. Um, I'm thinking that, and like Looney, where you're not really asking them to do a lot of scoring. What you're asking them to do is rebound, be a presence in the paint, shot block, and pass when necessary. You're not really looking for your shot. You take it when it's there, but you're not really utilizing your skill set as an offensive weapon. 
<laughs> I think James Wiseman is too skilled. And, and I say that in, in terms of like, he seems more like a, he can be a finesse player down low um, because of his length and his athletic ability. And I think he's got a lot more agility to him than um, we, we know at this point because of injuries, but, and he can stretch it. We don't ask him to stretch it, but he can. And, I'm looking at him and I'm thinking when we use him, it's like we want him to use him within the offense, but I think he's the kind of center player who could actually command the offense on another team. <laughs> so asking him to only set screams and roll, um, I think he could actually be a really solid post player, but we don't really feed him like that. Um, so it's interesting to see that I think the Warriors might actually be hurting James Wiseman at this point. Um, I'd like to see myself be wrong, but I think, not to say it's not a good fit, but I don't think we've had the best success with, you know, centers who actually could probably be the center point of the team's offense rather than, you know, being just like a, a cog in the piece. You know, we've notoriously been great at, you know, death lineups, small ball lineups, where we're not really relying on a true center. And James Wiseman was brought in, and that dude is a true center, but can stretch to the four, in my opinion. He can be a stretch center, if you want to call it that. Um, the dude has the potential to be a great piece. I just don't know if it works well within the Warriors' offense. Um, and, I, and I feel bad for the kid because I know he wants to be great. I think he's learning a lot of really great things for his future in the Warriors um, because of the organization, because of the people he's around, though. So that's beneficial. But I think in terms of developing him as a player, as the best center he can be, don't know if it's going to work out with uh, the Warriors right now. At least not with this current team and their current aspirations. That being said, focusing on the good, I got to give it to the Warriors. If they can go 8-0 on this homestand, that's a huge bonus for me, um, especially, you know, knowing that, like, they're not they're not playing with Steph. Um, Wiggins is still out, and they're still managing to do this. This is amazing to see. Um, you're, you're, this is a great time for those youngins to get their runs and start finding their game. My worry is when the team is healthy, you get the starters back, do we see that regression because they're losing a lot of their significant minutes? I mean, Anthony Lamb is playing 33 minutes right now. Ty Jerome's got 22. Like, that's not going to be normal, <laughs> in my opinion, when the starters are back. And as I've mentioned before many times, Jordan Poole, when he is not starting, can he be this type of player? Because he gets still a significant amount of minutes, especially during crunch time, because he's proven in the playoffs that he deserves that. He deserves to be there. But can he do it now when everyone's back? Because that's the problem. He's He is a starting point guard or guard, but, and he plays like one when he does start, but when he is coming off the bench to possibly be a sixth man of the year anchor, he does not play like he should be starting. Um, so that's the Warriors for me. I'm obviously going to have an, another update at some point. Now let's go into the 49ers. Um, oh, man. 
Gotta love me some Brock Purdy. Uh, so many good things. That defense was frustrating to watch. The Niners looked um, really vulnerable. Uh, Nick Bosa was not getting the man. I, I credit the Raiders' offensive line for what they did. Uh, I, oh God, what's what was their quarterback's name? Because uh, gotta give him their flowers, his flowers, because of what he was able to do um, against. The Niners D in replace of Derek Carr. His name was uh, Stidham, right? Yeah, Stidham. Dude looked good. Dude looked like he was the quarterback for the future. Like next season, with the way it looks, if Derek Carr isn't the Raiders starting quarterback, Stidham might be. I mean, yes, he threw uh, two interceptions as well, but, (coughs) you know, He helped put up 34 points against the arguably best defense, uh, and the you know the Niners won it off a pick, uh, a pick under pressure. Um, you know, not exactly his fault. Uh, I mean, he got hit right as he was throwing. That affected him. That was Bosa there for that. So you know, it's not exactly his fault there because he got hit. As he threw, I don't think he was completely aware of the hit at the time that his own man was going to get pushed into him. Um, and, you know, that ultimately cost him the game. But either way, in my opinion, compared to Derek Carr, Stidham looked better. Stidham did not look like a rookie QB. Um, he looked situationally aware in the pocket. He was finding his men open in stride. Um yeah, he was good. He led the Raiders in a way that I didn't see Derek Carr really do most of that season for the Raiders. <coughs> for the Niners, though, um, this was a good game in terms of seeing the Niners have to win uh, and do it more. Do it with the offense. I'm sorry. Do it with the offense because special teams was okay, good, but you know Robbie Gold missed. The, his first game-winning uh, field goal, so that was you know a hindrance there. And then defense, like I said, defense gave up 34, um, which is uncharacteristic in this nine-game win streak for the 49ers. Um, and then you look at the offense, and there's like, okay, offense has to win it. And that was, I think, a big question for some people, wondering, was like, well, if it came down to it and the defense wasn't holding – could the offense do it? And the offense did. Now, I did have some issues with, once again, you know, red zone issues of making sure we get six or seven instead of three, because uh, that would have made this a more comfortable game for the Niners. We did have to settle for some field goals, and that was frustrating. But overall, once again, great, great job by the uh, Niners. It was great to see. Uh, and more importantly, for the Niners, once again, we're going into week 18, not exactly with like being in control of our destiny in terms of that number one seed in the NFC, but they do have the potential to still get it because the Vikings lost and the Eagles lost. Niners won. So if the Niners manage to win next week against Arizona, they will at very least take the number two seed great in my opinion but if philadelphia loses to the giants they take the number one seed and that's a, that's a bye week and that in my opinion is just a huge thing because from where they were to where they are now with this win streak i don't think anyone really thought they were gonna have a shot 
you know, a shot at the first seed. So let alone taking a shot at the first seed, locking up the second seed, amazing. Amazing for the Niners. <coughs> now, there are some people who wonder if it's worth it for the Niners to have the bye week because of their momentum. A part of me wonders if, you know, will they be a little rusty? I don't think they will be. I think they have earned a bye week um, because of how hard they've been playing. I mean, you have people like McCaffrey who pretty much every week is like, oh, he's dealing with a knee issue right now. It's a an ankle sprain issue. He'll be fine. And, you know, our players play hard. They play rough. You know, we're, we're maybe a little worried about – was Greenlaw? Was Greenlaw the one who got a little injured in chest or back or something like that? So, you know, I think the Niners should go in hard, especially knowing that they have a possibility to take number one with a win, but they'll lock up number two with a win against Arizona. So they, I think they're aware of that. Um, I do believe Debo is going to be playing, if not on a limited snap count, just to get some run in going into the playoffs, whether they have that bye week or not. Um, you know, Debo's been out for a couple games. So, you know, you want to get him a little bit more uh, fresh and, you know, back up to game speed. Um. That being said, it won't be an easy task because the real matchup we're watching for, if you're looking at this Niners first seed uh, possibility, is Giants versus Philly, or the Eagles, and Jalen Hurts. That w- that could say a lot. There's a lot, of, there's a lot to think about with the storylines because the Giants don't need to beat Philly, to be completely honest. But they may want to. They may want to just go at it. For the sake of it. And, you know, whether Jalen Hurts plays or not will be significant too, because with Gardner Minshew, the Eagles' offense has not looked as solid. Uh, Minshew's been uh, costly with turnovers uh, or, you know, just taking care of that football. So Jalen Hurts hasn't had that many problems. Jalen Hurts has arguably been an MVP candidate. <coughs> do I think he's going to win in, out of the MVP this year? I do not. I think Mahomes might be your front runner at this point. But Jalen Hurts is definitely um, deserving to be in that conversation. It is crazy to think if you don't think of him as a possible MVP candidate, you're insane. Uh, but if he plays, that changes things. If he doesn't play, uh, I, st- I think Giants can win it. Uh, whether or not they want to go full into it or not. But if Jalen Hurts does play, I believe the Giants need to come with their A game to take them because uh, Jalen Hurts is that important to that team um, with his uh, ability to command the offense, but more importantly, his running ability. Uh, in my opinion, he's the second best running quarterback that isn't um, – Oh man, I'm trying to think of his name right now, and it, uh, oh come on, everyone knows what I'm talking about. Freaking hell, um, God, Fields, Justin Fields. Um, and that's not to take away from like Lamar Jackson, but right now, Lamar Justin Fields is the best running quarterback right now in the league, and then Jalen Hurts would be the second. I think Jalen Hurts <coughs> has the credit of better team all around so his team wins because Jalen Hurts is only missing the wins when it comes to his rushing ability um, and what it does for the team but anyways the Niners have the shot I'm rooting for them to take that first seed I'm hoping it's going to be a great Sunday Uh, I might be at that game uh, against the Cardinals Uh, it's my birthday on January 8th so you know We'll see what happens if I do decide to go to the game or not. Really don't know what I'm going to do for my birthday. I'm turning 31. I, I can't really 
think about or plan these anymore for myself. Uh, but anyways, oh no. Uh, okay. Uh, my like laptop um, screen just all died. I thought my recording. But anyways, I think that covers my Bay Area roundup on the three major sports teams in the Giants, the Warriors, and the Niners. Um, great stuff all around. I kind of went on a tangent though. Um, the Niners look really great. What bothered me the most was some key drops. I lost the two thousand dollar parlay um, because George Kittle did not have uh, fifty yards, and he should have. Uh, a few books that cost them. Um, the I, I want to start thinking that we should petition that uh, defensive pass interference uh, calls should uh, be given as yardage to the receivers because you know the calls were on them. Um, assuming that they probably would have caught the ball, uh, I think that's only fair and helps you know people like me with parlays and fantasy points. Anyways, um, also George Kittle had that that interception. Uh, not really on kill. That was a little thrown over to the right. Um, but, you know, there were some key misses for George. <coughs> that one where he went right when uh, Purdy threw it to his left shoulder, um, the outside. That was that was also rough to see. But anyways, that was kind of rough to see. Um, and then, like I said, defense wasn't great. Special teams was a little off. Gold missed the game, the first game winner, got it the second time. Um, but, you know, the defense did enough to get some uh, key stops and turnovers to win it because um, each of those were significant in what they led up to following. And the offense, you know, the offense outplayed the writers. Uh, some misses there. I don't blame um, – I don't blame uh, – Well, where was it going with that? I forgot. Uh, you know, I don't blame, I don't blame uh, George on everything. I don't blame uh, Ayuk on everything. Uh, you know, that QB wide receiver tight end, that QB catcher connection um, is a fine tuned thing that um, sometimes, you know, sometimes they're off games. Uh, but a lot more drops than I'm used to seeing from Kittle and Ayuk, especially this season. Um, so that was a little frustrating. But either way. Um, usually when Bleacher Report asks, like, how did your team do? I gave him a solid B. Um, you could have argued C, but I'm going to give him a B because the offense showed up when the defense was having a bit of an off day. But even then, like I said, the defense showed up when it mattered, um, had key stops. And at the end of it, we did what we could and we won it. Um, and we are nine game win streak. We are, in my opinion, still the hottest team in football. Um, I could see us going down uh, one or two spots in power rankings because of how the defense was uh, this week. But, oh, well, that's just the nature of those power rankings. Each and I look forward to uh, – I will look forward to the end of the season. Week 18 is going to be a fun one. Anyways, that like that says wraps it up. It's been a interesting uh, ride for Bay Area sports. Um, I, I don't want to talk about the Sharks. I'm sorry. Uh, they they be in the sharks for me right now, and you know what that means if you're a Bay Area fan or a Sharks fan. 